the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When God gave all these laws, he gave the ceremonial laws and the civil laws because he knew the people were going to break the moral law. God was providing a way, even back then, once you break the moral code, here's the process of you having those sins forgiven, and this is how our relationship will be restored. And when you sin against one another, here are the rules, the regulations are going to help you mend those relationships. And they were given in grace. Even though they're laws, they were given to you in grace. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Today is week number five, week number five in our series called The Story. In case you're new to our church, we are preaching through the entire Bible as one continual story. Now with every message, we're going to give you the four most important things you need to know, all right? The four most important things you need to know about that time period. So number one, write this down in your notes is Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, and turn to Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 19. We'll start with verse number one. In the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day they came to the desert of Sinai, verse two, After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and the Bible says that Israel camped there in the desert in front of the what? In front of the mountain. Verse 3, Moses went up to God. I just want you to picture an 80-year-old man leading these two million people and he somehow makes his way up that mountain. And the Bible says that the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, and there's a little discussion that takes place. And I want to kind of sum up that discussion between God and Moses. God is basically telling Moses that he, God, wants to have a covenant relationship with these people. In other words, He doesn't want to be a God that's a million miles away, a billion miles away. God has actually come to the mountain and that he wants to meet with the people and 
What God wants to know is this. In this covenant relationship, he wants to know, will these people do what I ask them to do? In other words, God says, I'm going to set up this covenant between me and them. And and he wants to know, Moses, are these people going to do what I ask them to do? And so if you look at verse 5, it says, he says, now if, everyone say the word if, if you obey me fully and you keep my covenant, then God says, out of all the nations, he goes, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, he says, you will be my treasured possession. And again, God wants to know, I've chosen them, but are they going to do what I've asked them to do? I want to read one more verse. Skip down to verse 8. All right, verse 8. It says that the people all responded together. They said, we will do everything the Lord has what? You see, God wanted to know back then, 3,500 years ago, and God wants to know today. He's got one question for you. Will you do everything that he asks of you? So my first point is Mount Sinai. It's the mountain where God meets with Moses. And God actually tells Moses to bring these people to the base of this mountain. And there's a reason. And you've got to understand this reason. I want you to look at verse 11. God said these words. He said on the third day, God wanted them to purify their hearts, consecrate themselves, because something is going to happen on the third day at Mount Sinai. It says that the Lord himself will come down on what? On the mountain in sight of of all the people and all i want you to know about mount sinai is this and you've got to when you think of mount sinai you've got to understand this point this is really where it all begins this is where it becomes clear that god wants to have a relationship with man god wants to dwell with man his plan is to dwell with us that we are to be his people. It all happens at Mount Sinai. That God wants to have, and, and we're not going to read the whole story, but God wants to have a covenant relationship with his people. He's not a billion miles away. That's what Mount Sinai stands for. It all begins. For the first time, God has this relationship with the people. He says, meet me at the mountain. I'm going to meet with the people. Now, number two. I want you to look in your Bibles at chapter 20, because that's all chapter 19. Now go to chapter 20, and tell me what you see in chapter 20. I don't want to tell you, I want you to tell me. The what? The Ten Commandments. And while you're writing that down, I want you to write down another number. There aren't just Ten Commandments, there are 613. Starting in chapter 20, all the way to chapter 31. Praise God, we're not going to read all that right now, okay? Because I read it when I was journaling. It's, it's, I, I read it all. I read, every, I read every chapter. You have from chapter 20 all the way to chapter 31 in the book of Exodus is the giving of the 613 commandments. What you need to know is Mount Sinai 
is in chapter nine, this chapter 19, God wants to have a covenant relationship with man. Starting in chapter 20, God says, here are the rules and the guidelines to this covenant. Don't forget in chapter 19, he said, are you going to do what I ask you? And they all said, you will do everything. All right. Now that I got that commitment out of you, here are the rules. And there's 613 of them. You can divide them into three categories. I want you to write this down. You've got to understand this. I'm trying to teach you, okay? The Bible's one long story here. The first set of laws are what we call, there's three categories. There's called the moral laws, the moral code. And this is really the heart. Everyone say the word heart. It's really the heart of all laws. The moral code, even today, 3,500 years later, our laws in this country are still based on the moral laws of, of of these commandments. Okay? They're timeless. Say the word timeless. They're timeless. Okay? We still live, we still, these laws are still valid for us today. Now, the second category of laws are ceremonial laws. You say, what's that? Ceremonial laws is that process of the priest offering up animals as sacrifices for the atonement of the sins of the people. It's the ceremonial laws result are a part of the worship when the people come and worship God. It was a part of that ceremony of worshiping God. And if you read through about it, God, God cares about every little detail. It's amazing when you read through it. But you have the moral law, then you have these, what's called the ceremonial law. It's how sins are atoned for. It's how the people were to be reconciled back to God. The third category are what we call civil laws. And the civil laws have to do with how people relate to one, to one another. I think most of you understand what civil laws are. The civil law is how the people, remember there's millions of them, how they were going to administer justice uh, as, they, as they live together, okay? Now, wh- what I want you to do is I want you to circle number two and circle number three. C- category number two, ceremonial laws and civil laws, circle those two and draw an arrow back to moral. Because There are two things you need to know about these laws. Number one, they were given in grace. They were given in grace. Because God, when he gave those laws, if you look at that, if you look at that, he knew that they were going to break the moral laws. And so when God gave all these laws, he gave the ceremonial laws and the civil laws because he knew the people were going to break the moral law. And you you maybe have never thought about it, but when you're reading all those laws, you've got to remember they were given in grace because God was providing a way, even back then, once you break the moral code, here's the ceremonial, here's the process of you having those sins forgiven, and this is how our relationship will be restored and when you sin against one another, here are the rules, the regulations that are going to help you mend those relationships. And they were given in grace. Even though they're laws, they were given to you in grace. I want to show you a verse all the way back in chapter 19 before any of the laws had even been given. Before you haven't even given one law yet. All the way back there in chapter 19, God is reminding, he says in verse, in verse 4, Exodus 19 verse 4, 
He goes, you yourselves, and, he's, and this is important, you guys remember what, I, remember what I did for you back there in Egypt, those 430 years? And he goes, he says, and I, carry, I brought you out of slavery. The Bible says, I carried you on, on eagles' wings. In other words, you did absolutely nothing to deserve your freedom. You were enslaved for 430 years. And he says, I carried you out of there on the wings of an eagle. And, and he's just reminding them before he even gives them one law, he's reminding them of the grace that he's already shown. He showed, he showed them grace, and then he gets to these rules, and you have, you have the moral, the ceremonial, and the civil, and I want you to see again that the ceremony and the civil really was an act of grace on God's behalf there at the very beginning because he knew they were going to break those moral codes. The second thing you need to know, they were given in grace number two, they were based on love. All 613 were based on a foundation of love. We know that God is love. We know that we love because he first loved us. But God's rules, this book, the Bible, we've used this analogy, this is God's love letter to you. You know, I have three children. I got all kinds of rules. Some of you need to be thankful you didn't grow up in my house because my kids sometimes wish they grew up in someone else's house. Well, I got rules at my house, right? And I've never given a rule to my children that wasn't really in their best interest. The only, every rule I've ever said in my house is because it's my motivation. My motivation is, is that I love them. And as you read through these commandments, you've got to see that the reason God gives us these commands is because he loves you. Now, let's look at those Ten Commandments. Go to, go to chapter 20, and let's look, at those, let's look at those Ten Commandments. You can write this down. The first four, the first four of the ten, all have to do with our relationship with God, okay? It's between us and God. You know, you've got to get your, you got to get your relationship with God right first. All the laws in the world aren't going to do you much good unless... Your heart is first right with God. And I just want to kind of read through these because, you know, we can. Amen, amen, amen. The very first commandment is in verse 3. All right, look at verse 3. Commandment number 1. It says, you shall have no other gods before who? Before me. Commandment number 1 is there shall be no other gods. Okay? So, again, the first four have to do with our relationship with God. Commandment number 2 is in verse 4. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of what? Form of anything. In other words, he doesn't want you to go make an image, and all of a sudden you start worshiping the image, and you're not worshiping the one true God. Okay? Commandment number three, skip over to verse uh, seven. Go, Go all the way to verse seven. Commandment number three. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. In other words, you should, never, you should never misuse God's name because God's name is holy, okay? Do you have any idea how many people today misuse the name of the Lord God? How many people swore today in God's name? Now, listen, you can swear in my name all you want, okay? But you should never misuse or use God's name in vain because God, and this is what we're lacking in our country, we don't, we've forgotten this, that God is a holy God. And his name is to be revered. And commandment number three, see, they they all have to do with God. You know, no other gods, no idols, 
and do not misuse my name. My name is holy. And commandment number four, look in verse eight. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. God wanted one day a week. He wanted all the people to go and and set it aside and not work and not play and not be so busy with everything else that you don't have time to go and just take one day a week and, and just set it aside because it belongs, it belongs not to you, it belongs to God. Those first four commandments belong to God. Have to do with your relationship with God. The next six, you can write this down, the next six have to deal with your relationship with one another. Okay? And, and it's, it's, I love this because, first of all, you've got to get your heart right with God, and then you, then you get your, your heart right with one another. And I want to read these just because, I don't know, maybe you don't know, they're in the Bible. Uh, verse 12. Verse 12 is commandment number five. These used, to be on the, these used to be on the walls of our schools. For, a, for I don't know how long, but a long time. Every kid walking down the hall had to see these rules. Think how much better our country would be if kids knew these rules. And you say, what about this? Any, any excuse you have, it all falls under the umbrella of God. God is first and foremost over everything in this country. Okay? Don't, don't give me any of your stuff. God. What about the government? God is above the government. Well, what about the school board? God is above the school board. What about my person? God is above your, God is above everything. These are his rules. These are his rules. Now, I, I can see if I had a list of rules I was wanting to put on the walls, you'd say, hey, I'm not going to put your rules up there. But these are God's rules. These are God's rules. And I love, I, w- I wish every kid could hear verse 12. It says to honor your father. Sometimes I wish that was like commandment number two. <laughs> but, but number 12, verse 12, honor your, your, your father and your mother. O- obey your mom and dad. Verse 13 is commandment number six, you shall not murder. One of the things I've been, you know, just I'm seeing as I read through the Old Testament is how often God condemns the shedding of innocent blood, killing someone who, who is innocent. And what is more innocent than a child, their blood. How innocent is the blood of a child? And you think about where we are as a country and how many people are murdered in our country, in the United States of America, on a daily basis. Verse 14 is commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Now, again, he's, he's dealing with relationships, and he's saying if you're, you know, if you're married, you want to protect that marriage. You want to you shouldn't be doing things that are going to ruin that relationship. He, does, he wants you to be faithful in those wedding vows. Verse 15 is commandment number 8. You shall not steal. Just think if, every, just think if everybody lived, obeyed that commandment. You could leave your keys in the car. You could leave your money in your mailbox. <laughs> it's a commandment of God. See, the first four deal with our relationship with God. But those next six deal with how we, how we deal with one another. And verse 16 is commandment number nine. You shall not give false testimony. You should not lie. And number 10 is you shall not covet. And I want you to write this down in your notes. These laws 
God's heart is to bless you, not to oppress you. We, we think these rules, oh, the Bible's got all these rules, it's so oppressive. No. God wants to bless you. I think about these Israelites, they've been in bondage for 430 years. Don't you think when they got out, they just wanted to just do whatever they wanted? I've been a slave for 430 years. I think what I want now is just to live life as I want. They finally get out, they just get, barely get out of Egypt. And God meets Moses. Moses, I want are those people going to do what I ask him? Oh yeah, we will do whatever you want, God. Thank you for getting us out of, out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. He says, all right, God says, I got 613 laws. Well, that seems a little, that's a little oppressive. But God wasn't trying to oppress them. He was trying to bless them. And see, in your mind and in my mind, we've got to understand when you read the Bible, God's not trying to keep you from having fun. God's trying to help you have fun. I mean, I remember and you remember when your parents showed you that little wall, that little electrical outlet in the wall where you plug a lamp into. This is back before they had the little child protection, little plastic things that you could stick in there. Man, I grew up, there was nothing to protect a kid. I didn't invent all that stuff. And mom and dad had to say, son, you see that little wall saw that in every room? Yeah. You stay away from those things. Don't you stick anything in there. Well, for me, I said, okay, I'll stay away. My brother, he tried to look in there and try to stick stuff in there. Uh, a lady come out of church, last service, she, I promise you, she said these words. She said, I'm lucky to be alive when I was a kid. And we were, I was with a girl, a friend of mine, and she said, she put a wire around my toe and stuck the wire into the wall socket. And I didn't understand what she was saying. She said, put a pencil in there too, and somehow the pencil saved my life. I don't know. But I want to ask you this question. When mom and dad said stay away from that, were they trying to keep you from having fun? Or were they trying to help you live a long life and enjoy your life and just be a blessed individual? Sure, you see, the rules that are given are because because of love, because God loves you and he wants to bless you. And I'll just say this before I go on to the next point. If you're here today and you will just decide in your heart that you're going to honor God and obey God. See, see, Jesus, remember Jesus said, Jesus, can you, there's a lot of laws. Can you sum them up? He says, yeah, I can sum them up. They're all summed up with just two things. Number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. And number two is to love your neighbor as your what? If you'll do those two things, listen, God will bless your life. He'll bless your life. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every night here on KKLA. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message tonight has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 
we have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.